Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start with this broadcast on what your plan and purpose is in this life. And you know what? Your plan and purpose is doing his plan and purpose. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. So what is his plan and purpose for our lives? We're going to talk about that today, and uh, we're going to give you a ton of scriptures because they're so beautiful and so wonderful, and they really lay it out that uh, we can understand it so well. Um, But it's, like we said, it's an inside job. You know, so many of us, including me back in, in the day, was out there trying to do everything I could to please the Lord, and I was trying to do this and trying to do that, and, you know, I was messing up. <laughs> I couldn't accomplish that on my own, and and we're going to talk today about relax. Enjoy. Enjoy yeah. the journey. He Amen. wants us to enjoy this journey, to have fun. He wants us to laugh. He wants us to be he wants us to be people that when a non-believer sees you, they go, Man, what's this guy got? What's this lady got? I want it. I really want it. See, you know, you can't work your way into God's good graces because you're already there. Amen. I'll amen that. <laughs> you're already there. You don't have to. Well, if I do this, this, and this, God's going to love me. Or if I do this, this, and this, he'll be pleased with me. Let me tell you, he's already pleased with you. He already loves you. Um, it's unconditional. And what what does unconditional mean? No conditions. He doesn't say, if you do this, right. I'll love you. Or if you do this, I'll be proud of you and, and happy with you and all this other stuff. You know, God's really not a very religious God. You know? Uh-huh. He really isn't. No. Because a lot of times when I've said over the years and many of the fellowships I've been to, I heard a lot about what I have to do to be acceptable with God and how to please God and so on and so forth. But I didn't realize that he was already pleased because of what he accomplished, Jesus accomplished on Calvary. I didn't realize that it had already been finished. God just wanted me to walk it out, you know, right. enjoy. Right. And you know, some would say, well, you guys are making it too easy. What if I go out and rob a bank? Is God going to be pleased with me? You know what? Of course, he's not happy with you going out robbing a bank, but does that have any effect on the love he has for you? Well, he was the one, Rich, that said, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, we're not. that's all we're saying is that the yoke of the Lord, when you're yoked up with him, get to know him, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Praise God. It really yeah. is. And, and do you think folks, I mean, I've met some folks in, in the business I was in and that I happen to still be in for the time being. Um, I met a lot of people, Jim, that, um, you know, had done prison stints. Sure. And, and I'm telling you what, there's some really good people that yeah. I've met yeah. That, yeah. that had issues and and hope, hopefully, you know, praying for them and whatever that they never go back because. But but I've met some people that just really good people, but they maybe got involved in drugs, whatever, and they ended up doing some time. Yeah, right, right. But they were there, there's a lot of good people. And yeah, there's some bad people. I get it. But does God love the bad people? 
Well, it said he lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So the light is there. It's just if they'll turn to it. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to spend some time in jail before we turn to it. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you talked to men, brothers and sisters that went into jail and they came out and said, I found Jesus. Yep. Well, well, you could have found him before you went to jail. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to take that route. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's a matter of your will, your choice. But anyway, so we're going to talk about your plan and your purpose here on this life. You know, I, I think everybody believes that they have a plan and purpose, that they weren't just placed here to just be some slug on a rock somewhere and have no purpose, plans, goals, whatever. And so we're going to talk about, um, like we said in the beginning, your plan and purpose is doing his plan and purpose. Yeah, doesn't Ecclesiastes, Rich, say that he has, he has um, given every one of us a spirit of eternity in our, in our hearts? Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes says something like that. I can't quote it chapter Well, we're eternal beings. But yeah, he has placed eternity right. in the hearts of man. Yeah. He didn't so create man uh, without the understanding that we are eternal beings. Right, exactly. You know. I don't think you can talk to any Christian and say, hey, um, you know, do you have an eternal life in heaven? They're going to say yes. So being eternal beings means that you existed before you came out of your mother's womb. That's what the book says. You know, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. The verse I love is that 139 in Psalms where he oh. says, All your works were written in my book before they ever came to pass. You're, you're prophesying because I have oh, that okay. down as one of my scriptures. <laughs> okay, well, then everybody That's knows good. that this is impromptu. We just go by the Spirit, yeah, guys. Yeah, we do not discuss these programs <laughs> yeah, really. ahead of time. We do talk, yeah, but a lot of times the things we're talking about have nothing to do with yeah. what God wants us to speak over the air and just in the podcast. Led, Spirit-led. Yeah. Okay, well, you you can't talk about your plan and purpose without going to Jeremiah, speaking of Jeremiah, 29.11. It's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. And uh, the Lord is saying, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you. So guess what? He knows the plan and the thoughts that he has for you before you're even born. Yeah, and that and that just amazes me. I, I get really excited when I think about that, especially that, when you meditate on that verse. Oh man, it's beautiful. And then the Lord goes on to say, "Plans for peace and well-being, and not for disaster, and to give you a future and a hope." Boy, that looks good on paper, doesn't it? Amen, brother. You know. Yeah. But I love, a lot of people stop reading at that point. You hear sermons and stuff, and, and they stop there. I, I want to go on, Jim. I want to read um, verse 12 and 13. Verse 12 says, Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear your voice, and I will listen to you. Now, some people just can't, wrap their mind around it. And mm-hmm. that's good. Don't wrap your mm-hmm. natural mind around it. Wrap your spiritual, the mind of Christ around that because he li- he he can listen 
to 7 billion people at one time. Mm-hmm. How he does it, don't know. But I do know he is the almighty God, and he can do anything. Well, I think, you know, Rich, I think even scientists, the science today, is coming out with an understanding as to how God can hear 7 billion people when they, you know, when they talk about metaphysics, yeah. how you can split the atom. Yeah. And even though you split the atom, they go their <clears throat> separate ways, maybe even to another universe. They still have all the same mentality. They can hear the same voice, even though the atoms have been split. And that's basically, scientists are starting to look at that and go, wow, you know, there, maybe there is a God. <laughs> well, know? in the spirit, there is only now. Yeah, the past, no the, the yeah. future, you know, it's right. now. Yeah, right. There is only now. Yeah, he knows the beginning from the end. He does. So, so he's going to listen for your prayer, and he's going to hear your prayer. Verse 13 says, Then with a deep longing you will seek me, this is the key, and require me as a vital necessity, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So, you know, I used to pray, and I knew he listened to me, heard me, whatever, but then I realized that, man, I need to seek him with all of my heart. Guess what? He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guess what? If this part is missing in your life, you can change all of it. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. change it all mm-hmm. by taking the time to seek him. And you don't have to be in your prayer closet to seek him. No. You no. can be walking down the street seeking him. You can be at work seeking him. You can be driving your car and seeking him. Prayer closet's inside of you. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah, well, that's where the it. garden is. Right. That's Amen. where the Holy of Holies is, Amen. is inside of you. That's right. Christ in you, the hope of glory, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So anyway... I have a request of everybody listening here, and that is it's time to put aside some things. It's time to put aside guilt and shame. It's time to put aside being too hard on yourself. Amen. It's time to put that aside. There is therefore now, present, right this second, no condemnation to him who is in Christ Jesus. That means self-condemnation. Don't condemn yourself. I know I was really bad at that for a while, Jim. I would, you know, I would get on myself. I'm just not performing right. I'm just not, you know, I had that bad thought or whatever. And it's like I would just get down on myself. You're not alone. (laughs) And you know what? I finally really got the revelation that God wants us to be free from all that. Mm-hmm. The life that he's given us is free from the spirit of mm-hmm. condemnation and shame and guilt and whatever. And I know someone's say, saying, well, you guys are preaching this grace that you can just do anything you want and it's okay. 
Well, let me tell you, there are consequences to bad behavior, and you will probably suffer them. But it, I'm not going to tell you it's at God's hands that he's going to smack you down. It's going to be at your wife's hands or your husband's hands or the, the, system, the, <laughs> the system's hands where, you, you know, you get caught doing something you shouldn't do. I mean, God just said that he has given us, he has given us a future and a hope. There's many people out there that haven't gotten a hold of that. They don't have their hopelessness mm-hmm. is taking them over. You may be listening to our voice right now, and you just don't have a lot of hope. He said he's going to give us peace and well-being. Mm-hmm. There's hope in that because if you have been without peace, the absence of peace, you're miserable. Yeah, the scriptures which talks about how hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm-hmm. And there may be some folks that are listening to us right now that you know you're you understand that particular verse because you've been hoping and you've been hoping. And you just don't seem to realize any of the fruits of what you've been hoping for or the realizations of, of the good things that you've been hoping for. Um, but the Lord, he has given a measure of faith to every one of us, mm-hmm. okay? That's what the Scripture says. And he expects us and wants us and encourages us to use that faith. Um, God still works through man. I mean, when the Lord says something to you, like you can read a lot of these scriptures. If you stand on a lot of the scriptures that that Rich is imparting to us this morning, um, they will come to pass. I mean, you, but you have to exercise your faith and and you have to exercise your will. And and that's really what this trip through the earth is all about. It's, it's, uh, you know, that's how Adam, the first brother fell uh, because he decided to do his own thing. God gave him a free will. And uh, that's the reason why all of us are in the predicament down here that we're in right now. That's the reason of everything that's going on over in Israel and so on and so forth, is, is man refuses to give his will back to his loving Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And that's all that, that God is really asking for. Turn back to me, give me your will, and... Um, and as a result of that, you will come into an understanding of how deep my love is for you. And that's the reason why I sent Jesus to die on the cross, to reveal my great love. It was not to satisfy a wrathful God. It, it was to show you the love that I have for my creation. Even in the condition you're currently in, I loved you first. <laughs> I loved you first. And now I expect that you'll turn your will to love me back and come and to know me. Yeah, the um, like we said in the beginning, if we are living our life striving to be perfect, the Bible says, you know, it says right here that, um, you know, present every man perfect in Christ. That's Colossians one twenty eight. So if we're to present every man perfect in Christ, then guess what? We're perfect. You may look in the mirror and say, I don't look perfect. There's, I mean, there's, I can see all these flaws. Um, how do, how can the Bible say and God say that I'm perfect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a legitimate question. Yeah. But the answer is this: He who has begun a 
good work in you is going to perfect it, the Bible says. He's going to bring it to completion, to perfection. Mm -hmm. It's a process. It's a process. But we have to begin looking at ourselves, and you can't do it with a a wrong identity of yourself. You have to have your true identity, which is a child of the living God, a son and daughter of God, a co-heir with Christ, all these wonderful things that he's given us. I mean, the Father of Lights gives good gifts, right? Yeah, amen. And it's not gifts that are to come in the sweet by and by. They're gifts right now. Amen. And so, you know, if you're trying to, if you're if you're living the life you're living, striving to be perfect, stop. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and trust me, there's two guys here behind the mic that's probably tried many times. Sure. And you're just not going to do it. You are striving for something that you already have. Mm-hmm. It's already been given to you. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's first chapter of Ephesians. It says he has he has already blessed you with all spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Blessings in heavenly places. Yeah, he's already right. done it. It's That's a past right. tense. Yeah, Peter said everything has been given to you pertaining to life and godliness. There you go. To live, to, live, to walk in this perfection uh, and to live a godly and righteous life because all this has been imparted to us. You know, uh, we, we have wisdom because we are in Christ and Jesus has imparted that wisdom to us. We're in Christ, and so consequently, the righteousness of Christ has been imparted to you. What we have to do is get rid of the old vision that we used to have of our old life. We're, yes. new, we're a new creation, and God wants to reveal, especially in this hour, he wants to reveal to us what is this new creation all about because you're no longer the old man that you used to be, you know, when you cheated on your wife or alcoholic or drug, whatever the deal is. I remember, and I've shared this several times in a dream where I was beating this guy up, and I rolled him over, and it was me. And the Lord said, when are you going to stop beating your old man up? you got to understand he's already dead and buried with me, and you are a new creature, and you are now been resurrected into heavenly places to sit with me to rule and to reign in my cosmos in, in the days ahead, in the ages ahead. So I had to stop beating up my old man and start looking to Father, start looking to Jesus to see who my new man really was. Who am I now? I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm perfect. I'm complete in him because that's what my Father says, and my Father does not lie. He's not like a man, <laughs> okay? We believe it if he says it. Yeah, amen. And, you know, and, and he'll confirm it. He'll confirm it with a living word mm-hmm. from his voice to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will. Now, you may not hear it audibly, but God is still speaking. Your spirit will hear it audibly. You're here, yeah. yeah. Your mind may not. I know. Just... You'll hear, the, you'll hear the, the sound right? and know that you right. know that you know that this is the Lord speaking to you. Amen. I mean, it is a beautiful thing when you hear the voice of the Lord. It's great. I love the Bible. Look, we, we, we're quoting all kinds of scriptures today. We do every single time. We love the Bible, but it's so much better when you hear it live. Yeah, the Bible is words written on parchment. But when you really hear the Word of God, that's living. 
That's a breathing, living word. Organism. Of Christ inside of you, yes. And, uh, you know, I the Lord spoke to me here just a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you have to be careful because religion deals with the symptoms in your life. But when I send my word, my living word to you, it lays an ax at the root of the problem, and the problem goes away. A lot of times religion tries to patch over it or massage it, but the Lord is saying, I don't want to treat the symptoms. I've come to lay an ax at the root of the problem. Which brings me to another point. You can't fluff and buff the old man right. to make him appear as Christ appears. And Jesus said, when you see me as I am, you will be like me. Yes. That's not, you, you can't do it through the old man. No. You can't do it through traditions and Religion. do's and don'ts and yeah. law and whatever. It's yeah. got to come through his grace. Yeah. Yeah. And his grace is available to everybody. Jim, in 1 Corinthians 13.10 is a, another beautiful verse. It says, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Mm-hmm. Now, you can sit there and say, well, that's Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he was perfect. Um, but you can also say, it's you. Yeah, we were the in part. Yes. Now we're complete in him. Yes. Yeah. I've got great news for you today. That which is perfect has come in you. Amen. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Just have to acknowledge it. That's all. Jesus. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. I mean, come on. He says, when you see me, you see the Father. The Father has been accused of a lot of bad stuff. Still is. Still is. Amen. What has Jesus been accused of? Mm-hmm. What, I mean, love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only people he had a little problem with were the religious people of the day. Yeah. Oh, he's over there eating, breaking bread with sinners and, mm-hmm. and, and tax collectors and, yeah. and prostitutes. What is wrong with this man? He didn't see him as that way. He no. knew what they were going to become like in you him. said earlier he, he sees knew. the beginning to the end yes he does he does and look at mary magdalene look how she her life jesus turned her life around but anyway let's go to ephesians four thirteen. till we all come in the unity of the faith man the church is so fragmented and divided that's not God's will. It says here, till we all, everyone, come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Yeah. Unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. It sounds like to me that Paul's saying that we are destined to come into the unity of the faith and that we are all going to come into a greater knowledge of Jesus to become mature sons and daughters of God. That's, that's, his, that's his will. And you know what? He works all things out after the counsel of his will. It's going to be done. But there's people's kicking and screaming along the way because they want to hang on to what they believe, and they've missed the whole point of 
oneness and unity. Well, isn't that what happened, though, Rich, to the religious ones? They had their laws and their rules and their regulations. And then Jesus came and he said, yeah, I know the Bible says that, you know, that uh, the stone, the prostitute of the whore, he says, but my word says. And then he came back with something completely different from what their law was because Jesus had come in grace and not law. Um, so, yeah, he was always saying, yeah, I know what you're saying and what you're thinking, and what you're talking about is the old law, okay? And those are the laws that, yeah, God put them together, but you, you have a total misunderstanding of it. But, you know, uh, I come to fulfill all the laws. And when you're in Christ, all the laws have been fulfilled by the law of love. Amen, amen. Okay, we have been talking about your plan and purpose for being here on this earth. You have a plan and you have a purpose and and we've been discussing what that is. See, it's unique really for it each is. individual too. It is. It, you know, sometimes we just get the impression that well the purpose is to go to church two times a week and give tithes and so on and so forth. But uh the the purpose that God has for each individual heart and each individual life uh is really completely different than just uh, one hour on Sunday morning. Uh, and if that's really where you're at right now in your walk with God, you're going to be dissatisfied. I mean, I know I came to the place, speaking from my own personal experience, I came to the place where I just got to the point where I just didn't really want to go in anymore in the morning. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you're going to have to get me out of this box and this way of thinking. Uh, you're going to have to get me into a bigger box. And he said, son, I'm trying to get you out of the one you're in. Uh, I don't want to put you in any box. I want to expand your creativity and, and your mind in me because you're taking on the mind of Christ. And there is no end to the mind of Christ. It, it continually creates. Even when God spoke in the beginning of Genesis where he said, light, let there be light, that word is still going forth into the cosmos, and it's still creating right now. That word will never come back void. It will continue on into the ages, creating and creating and creating. That's just the type of father you have. He's a creator, and you are in his image and in his likeness, which means you are a creator too. So start creating, brothers and sisters. Amen. That's where the joy is. You know, in James 1.4, it talks about, that ye may be perfect. That ye may be perfect. Mm -hmm. Who's he talking about? He's talking about all of us. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. wants us all to be made perfect. And when we're made perfect, guess what? Everything changes in our life. And um, so we've been talking a lot about perfection. Like we look in the mirror and, oh, I don't see perfection there. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the older you get, isn't it, Jim? <laughs> in a sense, though, you start seeing more yeah. perfection the older you I, I know what you're saying, though. I'm yeah, just saying in the natural, and this isn't a natural you're thing we're talking about. You're making a I'm funny. making a funny, guys. <laughs> I don't make too many Wouldn't of them. Wouldn't hurt for us to be a little, little more lighthearted well, we, anyway. We need to laugh. <laughs> Laughter is a medicine, yeah, and right, I think brother. sometimes we get too serious, oh, you know. Oh, no question. No and question. we need to lighten it up. But anyway... Um, so how do we see perfection in our lives? Well, the first place you have to look is inside. Because that's where he dwells. And he is the perfect, the, the only perfection in you is him. The perfect one. Yes. Yeah. 
you, you can, like we said earlier, you can't just work your way into perfection through hard work and effort and sweat and whatever. He's already in there. And, and, and he is, the Lord is the only perfection that you possess because everything else is imperfect. But because he is in you, it's the Bible says it's your hope of glory, you know. And so he's in there, and he's doing his work to bring you to perfection. And like we said, he who's begun a good work in you shall complete it, shall perfect it. And so um, in Second Corinthians twelve nine, um, Paul's saying um, that the Lord said in said unto him. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's, that's, that's really good because in our society, being weak is not good. You're, you should be strong, and you should be this, and self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-this, self-that. And that's not saying that you shouldn't take care of yourself and your family and, and go out there and, and make an honest living. And that's not what it's saying. You know, our weakness is the times that we quit trusting in him. Something happens in our life, you know, a, a obstacle gets in our way and then we start questioning our faith you know so guess what even in those times we 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 have to rely on the lord we have to trust in him i can tell you there was a time where it, it was dark it was really really dark and i started thinking God, are you are you really there? Do you really love me? Do you care about me? I mean, you see what I'm going through. And you know what? I learned so much in those times of darkness. You know, I learned so much because now I can honestly tell you is the best time of my life. Mm-hmm. It, in 68 years, it's it's not been better than this. It, this is the best, and so, it's getting better. <laughs> so he gave you beauty for ashes is yes, what did. you're trying to say. Yes, he did. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that we have to go through a lot of the ashes and the valleys and whatever. But, you know, you were talking before about independence. I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the greatest struggles that we have, uh, especially when we've been walking without the Lord. Uh, we all want to be independent cusses, okay? Uh, we don't want to depend on anybody but ourselves. And when you come into this relationship with Jesus Christ, um, basically saying, son, there's a new Lord in the house now. The Lord you've been serving uh, has brought you nothing but anguish and tears and almost a divorce from my wife and my children. Um, so when I was willing to relinquish that old lifestyle and I started looking to the Lord and saying, uh, yeah, your name is Lord, so let's make you Lord of the house, okay? When I started doing that, when I gave up my independence and when I gave up my, quote, free will, 
um, and I adopted his will in my life, oh, jeez, everything just, God restored my marriage. He restored my businesses. Like Brother Rich was saying, he took all those ashes and he gave me beauty for ashes. So if you're out there right now and things don't seem to be going well in your life, um, it's only because you've chosen to d- to follow your will. And God will allow you to follow your will because he's given you a free will. In that sense, he has. So the, the longer that you, you know, follow your will for, quote, your life, um, it is going to be tough. It is going to be difficult. And times like that, you can't blame the Lord. You've got to go to the Lord and say, hey, I missed you somewhere. And God's a great GPS. He will put you right back on the track after you realize and admit, you know, uh, I left you, Lord. I left you, but now I want to come back and basically ask you to forgive me. But the Lord's already forgiven you for all the sins and indiscretions because he knew all the works that you were going to do before the foundation of the world. So that's the reason why there's no need to walk in condemnation. You cannot, hear me, you cannot disappoint God. You cannot disappoint him because he already knows what you're going to do before you do it. He just wants you to wake up to the realization that he's a loving God and and his will and intention, like Brother Rich started out the show in Jeremiah, was all my thoughts are precious towards you. And God, above all things, John says, I want you to prosper, be in health as your soul prospers. Amen. You know, when we're talking about weakness, I think a lot of it is being humble. And and I think this society, um, if you're humble, that you're weak. And that's not the case. They thought Jesus was weak, too. Huh? They thought Jesus was weak, too. (laughs) Well, he wasn't weak, that's for (laughs) sure. But anyway, God, I heard this somewhere years ago, and it just fits so much. And I try to live this each and every day and and it's being humble is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less and if you're thinking of yourself less then guess what you're thinking about him and you're thinking about others and you you know you you are putting others especially god before yourself yeah think on those things paul said that are of a good report um and, and that's that's where the Lord wants us, and he's always trying to take us there. But again, it, it gets down to a question of how are you going to exercise your will every minute of the day? How are you going to do it? Some of these ways that we have taken all our life, for instance, myself, for 33 years, I was the God of my life. I mean, I was the Lord of the house. And Jesus literally appeared to me on March 20, 1976, at a hotel in Dayton, Ohio, and I couldn't get over the love that I was just engulfed in his love. And I knew that he didn't see anything wrong with me or any evil in me. Um, it was amazing, really. And he spoke to me and he says, your sins have been forgiven. Now I want you to go walk in love. And when I left that hotel room, um, the first person I saw was my mother-in-law, and we, we never really got along very well, but all I wanted to do was I hugged her, and I told her I loved her. I knew then that I had changed <laughs> because my mother-in-law, we used to get along like cats and dogs, and rightfully so because she knew that I was a character, 
and she didn't like the way I was treating her daughter. So, you know, you get you get that grizzly bear mother on you, you're in trouble. But uh, after I saw the Lord, he just totally changed my heart toward everybody. And for two months, I walked in that glory. Yes, for two months, I walked in that glory. And let me tell you something. Everybody I saw, I don't care who they were or what they were, I saw perfection. I was seeing those people through our Father's eyes, and that's the way he views you. How can he see you perfect? Because he knows he's going to bring you through to perfection. He knows we do not have that ability within ourselves, and all we have to do is turn to the Lord, and he will bring you through. Amen, and that's a great segue. Like I said, we don't discuss what we're going to talk about, but... um But God asked me to ask everybody this question, what is God's plan and purpose for your life? So this this is the thought that that I received from him. And this, yeah, it might be individual for each one, but this one isn't. This one's for everybody. Um, He purposes us to love. First and foremost, that's above everything because God is love. He and so this is this. If you are doing this, you're doing the will of God as as well as you can ever imagine. And that is, love God first, love yourself, and love your neighbors. <laughs> this is the rough part, including your enemies. Believe it or not, your enemies are your neighbors, and we are to love the enemies as well as. The people that are easy to love. Our Father loves them. Yeah. So how do we love God? Well, let's. how do we love our spouse, our kids, our parents? How do we love them? We spend time with them. Nothing shows love more than taking the time to show we care, listening to what they have to say. I mean, my mom was in a nursing home for three years before she went to be with the Lord. So there's many elderly people who are lonely because no one comes around to, to them anymore. The, nothing shows love more than talking, laughing, crying, and caring. These are the signs of love. The Lord wants us to do all these things with him. He's always there for you 24-7. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, so you don't have to make an appointment to get with the Lord and talk with him. He's there all the time. And, you know, sometimes I wake up, and I know Jim does too, at 3 in the morning, and he's there. (laughs) He doesn't need sleep. (laughs) We do. (laughs) And sometimes I go, Lord, it's 3 in the morning. Do you realize that? Me too. Yeah. Five five o'clock this morning, Rich, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Tell my people not to be concerned about coming events, because I am the coming event. I am. I am the coming event. Don't be concerned. I am. Yeah, don't be concerned about all these worldly things that are going on. You know, he said that in the world there's going to be tribulation, all right? But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. It doesn't look at this moment like the Lord has overcome the earth, but he has in his mind and in his purposes he has. And guess what? His will and his way 
is going to come into this earth, and the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's what the prophets prophesied. I know we can't see that glory covering the earth right now, but I can see the glory covering my earth. Can you see the glory covering your earth? Because the glorious one is inside of you right now. All you have to do is go to the garden inside of you and start communicating with the Lord, and his, his glory will start rising up in you. Uh, can I read a poem here? Yes, please. Okay. I have a poem here, and I think the Lord wants me to read it, and it goes like this. He just gave this to me about a week or two ago, uh, and it says, it's a prayer where it says, Rise up in me, O King of grace, that I might see your glorious face, the face that knows the beginning and the end, the face that's forever been my friend. Yes, there was a place back in time when I departed from your mind. But even then, you were still there, even in our time of great despair. Because you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. For we were always in your sight. But we did depart from your power and from your might. But now, by your power and by your might, he is bringing us back to oneness in this hour. So soon and very soon you will see the power of his resurrection now rising up in thee. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we started the program with your plan and purpose is doing his plan and purpose. And this is a, a good scripture to give out on that. It's 2 Timothy 1.9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. Amen. There you go. Meditate on that one. Yeah, purpose and grace. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, that, isn't it great that not only that he works this out after his purpose, but also he seasons it with grace? Sure. <laughs> you can't beat that which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Chew on that one, brothers Before time began. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that, that, that is wonderful scripture. I'm going to read it again. It's so good. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You say it was given to us? It, yeah. Well, you I didn't thought I it. had to earn it. I, I thought I had to go to church three you times You didn't work week. for it. You didn't earn it. You yeah. didn't do anything. It's yeah. grace. And grace is unmerited favor. It's, it's, he, it's a free gift. And that's the burden, Rich, that we have. And that is our, if we have a ministry, that's the ministry that we have is the burden is that God has already completed the work in us. He just wants us to wake up to the realization yes. and see who we truly are in him. And when, when God starts revealing to you who you really are um, and the blessings that are upon your life and the great love that he has for you, like Rich said, the unconditional love. Unconditional means no conditions, guys. No conditions. He just loves us unconditionally, and he wants to reveal that to us. And the only way that he can reveal that to us is if we turn to him and we get quiet and be still 
and we will start understanding that the Lord literally has taken up residence in our house. And it's like Lynn Hiles, the preacher, always says, the, the real estate value has gone up considerably inside of your house. <laughs> yeah. Jim, I'm going to say something that might offend, it might be strong. But if, and I believed it at one time, I, I, I got healed and delivered from that mindset but if you believe you're a dirty rotten sinner if you still think of yourself as a dirty rotten sinner you've been sold a lie that's not true anymore amen it's just not true amen you were crucified with christ you were buried with christ and you have risen your old man right you have risen you've been risen with christ to a state of perfection yes yes amen so don't believe some of these lies that are going out there that you're worthless that you're no good that because in god's eye you have serious value a, a pearl of great price well jim mentioned psalms 139 and it's funny because i had this down um, I got a couple verses out. It, it, that's a that's a psalm that truly, you, you, when you get a chance and you get your Bible out and you do some Bible time, get Psalms thirty nine out. It's one thirty nine. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, one thirty nine. I'm gonna just read verse thirteen and then I'm gonna skip down to seventeen. But but just to confirm what we've been saying, verse thirteen of Psalms one thirty nine says, "For you formed." My innermost parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. That's pretty much what he told Jeremiah. Now let's skip down to 17. How precious also you are, are are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how vast is the sum of them. Now this is going to blow your mind. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. <laughs> Guys, when I awake, I am still with you. Now, just think for a second. His thoughts outnumber the grains of sand. The grains of I mean, if you just go to the beach and you just pick up a handful of sand, you probably have millions of gr- grains in your hand. Yeah. I know this is hard for the natural mind to conceive, you can't. You, you can't understand it with the natural mind. It's just one of those infinite numbers that he thinks about you all the time, that he cares about you all the time, that he loves you all the time. It's an infinite number. From our infinite God. Yes, <laughs> yes, amen. But anyway, I just thought that was beautiful, that uh, his thoughts towards us um, – it goes kind of along with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, um, but how how precious also are your thoughts to me, and that that's every one of you listening, every single one of you. Don't ever measure. You know, God dropped this in me this morning. Don't ever measure yourself with someone else. You know, the world wants you to measure yourself with others. I mean, it's in business. It's in baseball. You know, he has a he has a uh, higher batting average than this other one. It's all about measuring. It's in church. 
Well, I wish I were a deacon like some other guy. Well, you know. <laughs> it's, it's also in church. Yeah, That's it right. Is. It is. You're unique. God loves you just the way you are. That doesn't mean that, you know, he's not going to improve you because he will. But don't measure yourself to anyone else out there because you are the only one that's you. Don't be so hard on yourself um, that you should be further along than you are. That, that, you know, I'm just not growing the way I think I should grow. Yes, you are. Because you're not in control of it. He is. And don't criticize someone who is maybe think have thoughts different than your thoughts or maybe uh, believes a different way than maybe you believe um, because it just doesn't fit in your box, just maybe, maybe they might be the person that the Lord has sent to blaze the trail for you into deeper understanding and deeper knowledge of who he is. You you may be saying, well, this guy's off base or whatever, and that's the man or woman that, that God sent to you. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it sure does, because I can remember an experience that I had many years ago where I wanted to, I wanted more of God, and I belonged to a certain denomination, and um, when they would preach the Word, they would say that, uh, you know, all the gifts of the Spirit was for the apostles, and uh, that the gifts of the Spirit no longer exist. And I thought, well, I don't know if you if you're going to believe the Bible like the man in the pulpit is telling me. How can I dismiss that but believe the other thing? And so there was a family that was trying to reach me and talk to me about the gifts of the Spirit, and the pastor uh, saw this family reaching out to my wife and I, and he called me into his office, and he said. Um, I know some of the people that are trying to reach out to you. And he says, uh, I just want to tell you something right now. He said, they will ruin you. <laughs> if you believe what they're selling, they will ruin you. And I thought, wow, wow, you know. But my heart kept saying, no, listen to what that family has to say. I did, and eventually, and even to this day, we turned out to be great friends. And I did leave that particular church and went on to another church. <laughs> but... Rich has got a point there. Uh, the one that God's sending to you, you just never know, you know. You just and it may know. be us, Jim. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know. Believe it or not. We had people come to us yeah. Amen. that blazed the trail for us. Yeah. So, Amen. you know, Second Corinthians 3.16, we're getting close to ending time here, but it says, I think this is just really important. It says, but whenever a person turns... In repentance and faith. And, and you know, repentance, all it means is just changing your mind. It, it's not some special, it's just a different way of thinking. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In parentheses, it says, emancipation from bondage. True freedom. Verse 18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory. 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The veil is only taken away, hear me, when we turn to the Lord. You know, it would be easier if, if we would, pref- and we would probably prefer it, that the veil would be taken away, then we turn to the Lord. That would make it easier. But that's not what it says. It says the veil is only taken away when we turn to the Lord. So, you know, our wish for you today is that you just, you know, wherever you are, it can be anybody in any level of glory, keep turning to the Lord. Any level of glory or gory. Yeah. <laughs> you could be in gory, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll end it with this poem, Rich. Yes. Uh, the poem goes like this. Uh, it's titled Smile Because You're My Face. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have something to smile about, for we have a Father in heaven who loves us so much that we can reach out by faith, and he will be touched. Touched also by your feelings of infirmities to help them go away. And when he walked the earth, he said, I am the way, I am healing, I am joy. And now I'm bringing forth my new baby boy. You are a baby boy or a baby girl to the Lord right now that he is bringing forth to maturity. And so the poem goes on, it says, so even in the times of tribulation, I am bringing forth great jubilation. So continue to smile and show the world my face for then they will reach out and try and receive my grace. For there is great power in times of tribulation. Even though we go through struggles and challenges, the Lord says there is great power in times of tribulation for the world to see a smiling face of jubilation. Even if we smile through what we're going through and understanding that God is going to, number one, deliver us out of all our tribulation, out of all our trials— and that's the only way that you see victories, brother and sister. You, you get involved in battles, okay? If we go through this life and we never have any battles whatsoever, how are we going to know the victorious overcoming power of the Lord Jesus Christ? So it says, For understand now, you have become my face, through which I am revealing myself to the whole human race. So keep smiling, the Lord says. Yes. Okay, if you have any fear of stepping out of your comfort zone, please listen carefully. The Lord is bidding you to come up here. When you come up here, you're getting out of your comfort zone, let me tell you. You're coming into a deeper relationship with Him. It may seem a little strange at first, but the longer you wait upon the Lord, the greater the rewards. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The word wait in Greek means entanglement, oneness. So we love you. We, we thank you for listening. Keep listening. God bless you.